Good evening, everybody. This is Jeff Morton, your host uh, for Returning to Eden. And uh, Dr. Dina Dye is not going to be with us tonight. She is actually, uh, it's uh, been one year now since the anniversary, or it's the anniversary of her father's death. And <clears throat> true to Jewish tradition and custom, uh, she is uh, doing, it's it's called Yarshiyor, which is uh, the one-year anniversary. So she and her family have, have gathered in Canada to mark the anniversary of the passing of her father. And so she's not going to be with us tonight, uh, but she will be back here next week. So um, I have a lot of information, the things that I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to try to squeeze all of this into 30 minutes. Uh, we'll see how well that goes. But um, <clears throat> I want to make an announcement that Ryan White uh, is going to be with us next week. He has agreed to come on and do a one-hour broadcast. And the reason I specifically wanted him to come on, and I spoke to Dina about it, she absolutely adores Ryan White, so that's that was a no non sequitur for her. Um, Ryan White, he, he and I were talking uh, a while back, and he mentioned something, you know, in, in the traditional Christian mindset, we think of Jesus' ministry began when he was 30 years old. But actually, what Ryan was sharing with me was that he began laying the foundation for the restoration of the kingdom in the earth. And there's very specific things that he's doing as the king or the preeminent king uh, that Ryan's going to be talking about. So I'm going to just kind of place that into your heart and into your ears and into your head. There's absolutely everything Jesus did was laying the groundwork for the foundation of the rebuilding of the temple as well as the restoration of the kingdom. So there's very specific things that he's doing that are protocol for that to take place. And Ryan's going to share that with us next week, which kind of falls in line with the whole reason we do this program, Returning to Eden. Dina and I are constantly talking about the temple, the Garden of Eden being the temple, uh, and all of these different things that we're trying to look at from the lens of the writers, this being Moses, as well as some of the New Testament writers. But when we go back to the Hebrew Scriptures, of course, I consider the Hebrew Scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, but we're still always trying to look at the Scriptures through their lens, through their culture, through their content or context. And so Ryan's going to help us to do that when we talk about restoring the kingdom, the restoration of all things. And I'm really excited about that. I spoke to Ryan tonight to confirm that, and so he'll be with us for one hour. This is going to be a this is a game-changer conversation to the way we've understood the ministry of Jesus, if you will, uh, for the last 2,000 years, certainly the last 1,800 years. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, and I hope you can join us. Uh, keep in mind, too, that we do have an archive. You can go to our Podomatic pot page uh, and pick up the archive. I try to get everything edited within a day or two. Uh, now I'm trying to get my notes together, but I want to start tonight's conversation there's so much here. I want to read a verse in Scripture. And I'm going to be reading Isaiah uh, 11 and uh, verse 11 and 12. And here goes. And it shall be in that day that yod heh sets his hands again a second time to recover the remnant of his people who are left from Ashur and from Mitzrayim, or Egypt, from Pathos and from Cush, from Elam and from Shinar, from Hamath and from the islands and the seas. And he shall raise a banner for the nations. I want you to hold on to that thought. 
and he shall raise a banner for the nations and gather the outcasts of Israel and assemble the dispersed of Yehuda or Judah from the four corners of the earth. Okay, I want you to kind of park that, those two scriptures, those two verses in chapter 11 in your head because we're going to talk about those. We're also going to tie that together with Leviticus 19.18 whereby it says, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am Yahweh. And again in Galatians 5.14, the entire law is fulfilled in a single decree. Love your neighbor as yourself. So tonight's program I've titled uh, The Kids of the Kingdom. And you're going to have to kind of walk with me on this because I've got a lot of stuff I want to talk about. Um, but I really want to talk about the kingdom. And I want to try to tie the kingdom to to a literal kingdom and or a country, if you will. Let's for the for the for the for the purposes of tonight, let's just call it the country of God Almighty, okay? Which you and I are citizens of. And so I kind of want you to keep that in mind along with Leviticus nineteen eighteen and also Galatians five fourteen. And of course all of it is about the regathering of the, the house of Israel and uh, the restoration of all things. So, <clears throat> returning to Eden. Uh, the reason we're doing this show and this program is really about the temple. Of course, Dina's book, uh, she's working on the second book, which I've read one of the chapters. It's mind-blowing. It's actually a game-changer. But we're talking about the rebuilding of the temple and the kingdom of God and how things got all screwed up uh, when we go back to Genesis 1-1. We have spent, uh, I think we're on show number 27 or 28 tonight. We have spent all of that time talking about, you know, what happened in the garden. And, and Dina is, you know, she's always talking Genesis 1. And I understand that. Uh, tonight I want <clears throat> to kind of go a little bit into, into this very thing about Genesis 1-1. A lot of times, folks, we tend to see Adam as something created not set apart. But let me just walk you through Adam being set apart. Because according to Genesis 2.15, he was placed into the temple or placed into the garden. So now he's been appointed to do a very specific thing. At some point along the way, he has to have a wife because according to the Torah uh, in Leviticus, I think Leviticus uh, 21.13, you know, she has to have a wife and she has to be a virgin, so we see the introduction of Eve. I'm, I want you to kind of follow the pattern. So now we've got Adam, who is appointed to do something. He's taken out of the place that he was created in, or or was in, and placed into service. He's placed into the Garden of Eden, or the Garden in Eden, or the Temple in Eden, according to the way Dean and I have uh, approached that subject. Uh, so now he has to have a wife, according to being a high priest. He has to be a wife, and she has to have a virgin. So we see the introduction of Eve. Uh, having that, keeping that in mind, Adam is kind of doing what Abraham did. He's kind of doing what everybody else did. Uh, Noah was appointed to do something. Abraham was appointed to do something. Joshua, I. I uh, Oh, what's the what's the middle son's name? Isaac. <laughs> so 
if you just look at all of these people that God has appointed to do something, there's certain protocols that they have to follow. There's certain things that they have to do in order to be in service to the king. And so Adam is no different. Sometimes we tend to think as Adam as being the beginning of all of this, and yet he's fulfilling the same pattern. He was appointed to do something, and he failed miserably, and as a result, chaos ruled. And they were kicked out of the garden. They were kicked out of the presence of God. They were kicked out and they were sent out into the nations or the place where Satan was or Hasatan was, the beasts in the field. So those of you who followed the program, you understand that from the moment that Cain was born, his filter was not based on the presence of God. It was based on being raised in the field being out there in the place where there's chaos and corruption and all kinds of horrible things because that's where Hasatan was. So I want you to plug that into your head because, believe it or not, you and I are out there in the field. You and I, our filter is based on lawlessness, the sin, all kinds of brokenness, racism, bigotry. All of those things are what we're filtering our relationship with the Lord Almighty we're trying to get rid of all of that stuff and get a little closer to the sacred space, to the place where God is, to the place of holiness or set apart. That's what we're trying to do. So we're trying to come out of something into something better. Okay, That's been what every human being who has chased after the gods of creation, if you will, in our case, and I want to be very clear about this, the God of Israel, the one who sent his son, if you will, the one who was resurrected, the one who's returning. That, that's for, for us. I'm absolute about that. But we're all trying to come out of something. We're all trying to come out of the place of corruption, chaos, brokenness, pain, death, murder, sexual immorality, impurity. You name it. Every single one of us have been raised up in that mess. And so here's the heart of the show tonight, folks, kids of the kingdom. All of the kids of the kingdom have accepted the covenant relationship that Adam screwed up. We've accepted that. We're the ones that are supposed to raise the banner, if you will, for the kingdom of God because we've entered into a covenant. Many of us have done so through the blood of the Messiah. We've said we will, therefore we're obligated to do. And so we read this Bible and all of the translations and even the Hebrew in order to do that very thing, to come out of the place where Leviathan is, the place where the beasts are, the place of chaos and unholiness. All of us today, 500 years ago, 1,500 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, we're all trying to get back to a place of peace, of shalom. We're all trying to get back to the place that Adam forfeited. So having said that, we cannot separate Adam from the pattern. We can't say that Adam is somehow different because Adam failed. And I personally, this is just me, don't take this as a theological gospel, I believe that when Adam compromised his position,
that he primed himself to be conquered. And ultimately, he was conquered. And so now he had to go live out there with the, with the king that rules over him now. He was kicked out of the garden. <clears throat> so, having said that, Adam is now under the authority of the one that conquered him. Okay? It's just me. Don't take this and say, oh, did you hear what Jeff said? No, no, no. Adam is now under the authority of the one who caused him to fail. In other words, Satan came into the Holy of Holies, the midst of the garden, and desecrated the very thing that Adam and Eve were to stand guard over. We were to protect the sacred place or the sacred space of Almighty God. That's what our job was. That's what his job was. He was to bring order to chaos, and he was not to allow all of that chaos to enter into the sacred place. So the father put the two cherubims there to do exactly what Adam and Eve failed to do. So now Adam goes out, and he's now in the, in the field in the, where the beast is, where the, where the animals are, where the mess is, where everything that's unclean and unhealthy and, you know, just kind of follow along with me. So now Adam is cast out and his firstborn is born in unrighteousness, setting up the stage for the birth of every one of us. Every one of us has been born in a place of unrighteousness. We have not been born in the presence of the king. We've been under the we were all born in the authority, under the authority of the rulers of this world. And we know that the rulers of this world are not benevolent. They are not loving. They are not kind. They are not what God promised he was. Which brings me to a word. The word is chesed. And I was reading an interesting article. It's online. You can find it at BibleResearcher.com. But a gentleman by the name of Norman H. Snath, he, Snaith, it's spelled S-N-A-I-T-H. Uh, when we talk about God's loyalty and his love, and the benevolence of who he is and the oaths that he took. You know, throughout history, he has never broken one of them. Not one of them. So the loyalty that he has extended to all of humanity, he has never broken one of those oaths, not one. And so the word hased, which has been translated in many places to loving kindness, mercy, and grace, it, it actually means something more than that because for at least 6,000 years, nearly 7,000 years, the promises of Almighty God he has upheld. He has always upheld his word. That's the foundation of everything we believe. We, like ancient Israel, none of us have. We, we've, never, we've never really understood the covenant relationship that God rules his kingdom with. All of the statutes, the commandments, and the laws, they support life. And the life that God promised all of humanity was the restoration of his kingdom in the earth. This is what Jesus or Yeshua talked about. The kingdom of God is near. Keep my commandments. Keep my statutes. Do these things. Love your neighbor, which is another word for, instead of looking at it as like an emotional thing, look at it as like a loyalty thing. You have to be loyal to your neighbors. You have to extend the loving kindness that he did. So, remember we're talking about kids of the kingdom, okay? If we're the kingdom of God, these are the tenets that we have to honor. This 
is what the world sees or needs to see. But they can only see that if we do it. So let's talk about the kids of the kingdom. I was sent uh, a friend of mine, uh, and we've had our relationship has had a few challenges, but he's a brother who absolutely loves God, and he's doing his best, like all the rest of us, to meander through the place of the beast so that we can get back to the presence of the Lord. But he sent me this uh, video. It's an hour and 47 minutes long. It's called Beware of False Prophets, and he wanted me to look at it. And I told him I would go ahead and give him, uh, you know, kind of my critique uh, during the program tonight. Anyway, I was listening to the gentleman. He, he's a rabbi, and he's going on. He starts talking about, uh, you know, the whole program is about Beware of False Prophets. And he starts out by talking about the blood moons, and he says there's people out there giving, you know, saying dates and setting dates and all this stuff, but he doesn't name those people. Okay, he says I'm not going to name them. Then he then he goes into into the church thing, you know, Easter, a little bit about Easter, a little bit about eating pork, and and when it comes to naming the Christian pastors, he specifically mentions one. I'm going well. I went okay. So you don't want to mention the person you're excoriating about the blood moons, but you have no problem mentioning. This uh, it was actually Benny Hinnis who we mentioned. And I thought, okay, this ought to be interesting. And I kind of like the rabbi. I understand where he's coming from. He reminds me of a New Yorker. I watched the whole thing. I didn't have a problem with any of it, except for one thing. He never lifted anybody up. He never raised up all of the people that are out here trying to do this, to share the gospel, to spread the good news, to, to talk about Torah. He never did that. And I began to realize as I was watching him, when I first started reconnecting the gospel message to the Torah, I never did that either. I kept finding what was wrong with what was out there. And all these people doing this and people doing that and all the things that the church didn't teach me. Go read my blog. You'll see all day long a whole bunch of stuff that I was just excoriating the church for. And I realized sometime later that I was angry at the church because they rejected me because I was reconnecting Jesus to Israel and I was reconnecting the gospel to the Torah and they didn't understand that and I didn't understand that so everybody got angry and I didn't realize for two years every time I spoke about the church I was angry and it occurred to me while I was watching this program that the, the very purpose that I use the word has said love loving kindness is because in all of how I used to treat Christians, or how the Jews were slaughtered by the church, or how Islam is slaughtering the Christians, this is the filter of being raised out in the place of Hasatan that we all are trying to filter our way through. So as I'm listening to this rabbi speak about these things, I'm going, he's coming from the field as he shares the Torah. In other words, none of us, have the, the the continuity or the, the 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 beauty of being raised up by the king which is benevolent merciful loving kindness always extending a hand a servant we have the oppressor the racist the bigots the murderers the immorality that's this is our reality. This is how we're learning any of this. Because we've been denied 
the presence of Elohim. We, we, we didn't learn how to do any of this through the kingdom of Yahweh. We learned how to do this through the oppression of hell and Satan because he was given authority over mankind because of our lack of obedience to the benevolent, loving Father. So as I was watching this program, I see the heart of this rabbi, and I, I absolutely loved him. He goes on to say that, you know, the false messiah will probably be Jesus because that's what everybody's looking for, and what better trick to play on all of humanity. And all of that might be true. I might have even thought the same thing. In fact, I did say the same thing because the Jesus of the church doesn't honor the Torah. However, the Christians who chase after the things that Jesus taught, that Paul taught, are honoring the Torah. They are doing their best to fall in line with the principles of the kingdom of God. And to me now, and I'm telling you guys this was a flip for me, to me now, those are my brothers and sisters. First, those are the people that I come out of. Those are the people that taught me to pay attention to the Bible. So I don't want to be part of division and throwing them under the bus and treating people like they're less than because the God that we serve has been merciful to all of us and he has treated us like royalty. And I got that as I was listening to the program. I've been, this has been something I've been salivating on for several months, and particularly in my relationship with Dr. Dean and I, because this is where her heart is, and I get that. But I realize we're part of the kingdom of Yahweh. We're part of God himself. And so we have to emulate. We have to be the image bearer of honoring your neighbor. It's like Peter. When we look at Peter in the, in the scriptures, uh, John 21, 17, Jesus or Yeshua asked Peter, do you, do you love me? If we just take the word love out of there and put loyalty there, Peter, are you loyal to me? Are you loyal to me? Are you loyal to me? Well, the very next day, Peter did not love God. He was disloyal. So the, the heart of Hesed, the word is spelled C-H-E-S-E-D. I wasn't raised in Israel. I don't know how to speak Hebrew. So bear with me. But the word is chesed, and it means loyalty. Your loving kindness, you never give up. You never throw us away. You never reject us. And so I was listening to this rabbi, and I was listening to him reject this and reject that and support this and talk about this and honor this. And I thought, man, he's got good stuff. He reminds me of a New Yorker. I love him, but far too Often, we don't have the benevolence by which the Father extends mercy to us. And I've learned that. I, the relationship that I have with the brother who, who gave this to me has been tested because I don't want to be a part of division anymore. I don't want to talk bad about anyone. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to represent the Torah and the gospel because that's what God reconnected in me. I want to represent my citizenship in the country of God, if you will. Now, which brings me to another thing, and I'm there's a lot here. I don't even know if I'm going to get through what I want to say. In America, we salute the flag, most of us. It's becoming lawless, and there's a lot of people out there that could care less about our flag. But most countries have a flag. They have an ensign. 
They have something, and it brings camaraderie and patriotism. I talked to uh, Dr. Chris Green. Uh, he wrote the book, God's Healing Code. I called him, and I said, what do you think of this word, uh, banner? And I'm talking about, uh, of course, Isaiah 11, verse 11 and 12. And he reminded me, Jeff, you got to kind of look at it from their lens. And I went, oh, okay. And he showed me how the word banner could mean test, but also the chiasm or the flip side of it could mean Sinai. So the word banner was more of a like something that is propped up or supported. So we know that if the word banner, it says, I will give a banner to the nations as I gather uh, Israel and Judah. So I thought, well, that's curious. I will give a banner to the nations. I will raise an ensign. And then I, Dr. Chris Green started tying that to the United States Constitution. If our Constitution is, is shredded, folks, then the foundation, the very reason we salute that flag, the reason we have patriotism in the first place, is shredded. It's gone. And so when he said to me the word also, the flip side of that, the reverse side of that, uh, and he gave me the Paleo-Hebrew, uh, or the picture language, which is basically noon Islamic, means Sinai. And so the banner of Sinai was the giving of the Torah, the foundation, the constitution of the kingdom of God. And I went, wow, that's really cool. So here we are, citizens of the United States of America, but even more so, we're in covenant because we chose to be in covenant with the king who shed blood in order for us to be raised up in that kingdom, and yet we don't have a foundation when we're talking about our brothers, when we're putting somebody down to make a point, or when we're saying, you can't follow that person. And then we, sh we disregard all of the things that that person has represented because of one particular area. And so when he was talking about the blood moons and he didn't mention any names, I can think of a lot of people. I, I can't think of one person who's talked about the blood moons and gave specific dates about the return of the Messiah. However, I understand what he was trying to say or inferring, or at least I think I do. But like this particular rabbi, he brings a whole lot of information to the table. And I think that we need to celebrate that. And we need to get together with other brothers and we need to come together and, and talk about the rules of engagement, if you will, in order for us to support the kingdom. We have to find common ground with the Torah and the good news. We need to be loyal to one another. Both as, you know, I got a Muslim friend. I, I, I went and did some work for him. I helped him move something. This is a beautiful person. I mean, he's the nicest Sweetest man, I guess he's probably in his 60s. Uh, you know, he spent me a $50 bill, and he's a wonderful person. But just like me, we're raised up in the field, out here where Hasatan is, where the beast is. So we have to filter our way back to the truth. His truth went into Islam. Mine went into Christianity, and now into Torah, and now into the kingdom. However you look at it, the king is coming, and that's why I wanted Ryan to come back on the show, because he's laid the foundation, he laid the Torah, he laid the banner, and the Bible says he's going to raise that banner up for the nations as he recalls the house of Israel. I think that is just remarkable, not because of anything we've done, but because of why he's doing all of this in the first place. 
And we need to remember that when we're talking about our brother who might have misstepped and said something wrong or done something wrong. It's the same. I'm no different, folks. This brother that I'm talking about, we had a big issue recently, but he's a good man. He's a, he's a very decent man. He's just out here trying to figure all this out, too. And so I don't have anything bad to say about the, the video that he sent me other than we all have it has the same problem. We're not raising each other up. We're not representing patriotism to the kingdom that we agreed to participate in. We, we were invited, adopted, and we need to be a team. We need to be the citizens that, let me ask you a question. How many of you got up this morning and went out the door and broke every law in the United States of America? I would venture to say that not most of us don't get up every day. We do our best to, to adhere to the laws. We don't want to suffer the consequences. Okay. Well, being a citizen of the kingdom is the same thing. You know, you don't get up every day and say, I'm going to run that stop sign because I don't care about it. There's a whole world out there that's running the stop signs because they don't care about it. They, they have no reason to look at us because we're doing the same thing. And so as kids of the kingdom, we have to come back. We, well, <laughs> we have to realize that we have to demonstrate a certain patriotism in the kingdom of citizens. We're the ones that have to represent camaraderie. You know, so what, there's a bunch of Christians that are still eating pork. There's a bunch of Hebrew Roots people that are still sinning. I'm one of them. There's a bunch that we're all a mess because we're out here under the wrong authority. And the ideal is to come out of her. Well, we can't come out of her bringing all of the garbage that Hasatan poured into us. That's what we're all doing. And I'm simply saying, as kids of the kingdom, when are we going to raise an ensign? For the flag to write. When are we going to look at the flag of the kingdom of God and say, Wow, I belong to that country. I belong to that kingdom. I'm going to honor Leviticus 19.18. I'm really going to pay attention to Genesis. I want to represent the king. I want to represent my position in the kingdom. There are all kinds of teachings out here. Like Pastor Mark Bilt says, eat the chicken, leave the bones. I had a very good friend of mine, a blessed memory, Charlie Shipman, who I cried when he found out when I found out he died in Israel. Um, he died in Israel, and he said to me, Jeff, the heart of the Torah is do the best you can. So, in the closing minutes, and I didn't get through half of the stuff I wanted to talk about. I do want to tell you real quickly about a couple of things, uh, and then of course Dina will be back next week. And uh, Ryan White's going to be here, and he's going to show you that Jesus did very specific things according to the protocol of the renewing of the covenant and laying the foundation of the temple. Uh, this is fascinating. I hope you can join us. But I want to tell you about a couple books. And I, and I really mean this, guys. If you don't read uh, Dr. John Walton's, Professor John Walton's book, uh, The Lost World of Genesis 1, this is a game changer, and it's the heart of our program in a lot of ways. Dan and Brenda Cathcart of Moed Torah, Moed Ministries, came out with a book called Babylon Rising. I don't have enough time to talk about this uh, and, and give it the proper um, time that I'd like to. 
you can go to their website by Dan and Brenda Cathcart. It's called Babylon Rising, the Eight Kingdoms of Prophecy from Shinar, which is Babylon, or the kingdom of whatever its name was, the lunatic, the first one who built the Tower of Babel, uh, to the Antichrist. I have not read the book, but I remember going through a seven-part series, which the book is based on. Uh, you can go to more Moed Tour and get a, get the book, or it's on Amazon. And then um, this is very special, and I got to take a few moments. I look at the Bible as a kingdom, not a church, and not a religious system. And Eric Eric Ian Schwelling, who I interviewed on a on a previous program, he wrote a five volume set. It's called God Quotes the Collection. I have it in my hand. It's five books. And I started rereading these, but I started reading them not from the pro not from the um from the lens of, of, of God quotes. But this is what the king has declared. And so now I'm reading these books and they're all quotes of what God said. And I'm reading them as though this is the kingdom. This is the kingdom and this is what the king said. And I'll tell you it's blowing my mind because as I read these quotes specifically said by the, by the writer uh, that God said, I'm seeing a king, a benevolent king, serving his creation. And it makes my eyes water. Eric Ian Schwelling, S-C-H-W-E-L-L-I-N-G. The series is called God Quotes the Collection. He's got one for prophecy, 119, the wrath. God's Daily Blessings, God in His Own Words, Categorically Speaking. You know what? I am so grateful to have this collection. It's like a desk reference set. So I'm going to, and, and I, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't get to. That's okay. I'm out of time. I just want everybody, rather than find something wrong with your fellow kid of the kingdom, your neighbor, be patriotic to the king. And be patriotic to those citizens that have asked to be a part of the kingdom. And so what I'm going to leave you with is rather than tear down what God is pulling us out of, raise up the people that God is using to show us more in these last days. In other words, start applauding your neighbor for doing the work of the king. This is Jeff Morton. We'll see you guys next week.